so great to be back doing a, another HD Embodied podcast. I have a really exciting guest and we've actually been chatting for about half an hour and I wish I had recorded it because it's been a great conversation about our lives. But I've got Kit Winsett on the on the call with me today. He is an amazing self-projected projector with the right angle cross of uh, love. So I just, something I'm really excited to jam with him about. He's a four six um, and he has an amazing four completely open centers along with his other couple of undefined centers. So he's got a really interesting chart. But before we dive into HD conversations, Kip and I have been chatting a little bit about our lives and our upbringings and our uh how we've been educated and how our life has progressed and i've been jamming a little bit about my upbringing in the country and swapping that over into you know city life and this all fancy all girls public uh, private boarding school and how that impacted you know my development of self and kips just started telling me a story about how he went to mexico when he was 16 because he uh started smoking and then um, got in trouble and then was told that he had to tag along on his dad's honeymoon and he was just mentioning he's like this is this is this thing about his character is that he just uh if he if he wants to do something he does something so welcome kip welcome to <laughs> hd embodied the a, a a well-known figure in the hd community kip is such a valuable wealth of knowledge not just about the human design system but also where it's come from you know and, and that's really what we've been talking about cupids well you know where we've come from um so mm -hmm. uh tell us a little bit about this what you just said to me about like i just uh, you know if i want to do it i do it like what about your yourself and your being do you think that that really um you know reflects well i only have the three centers the mind the throat and the uh, self-center i have two channels that go from the self-center to the throat there's only one center in human design that is a manifesting center, one, and that's the throat. So when uh, people say things to me like, you're a projector and you have to wait, uh, my reply is, no, I don't. I'm here to manifest myself. I have a direct connection between myself and the throat. I'm here to manifest myself. Now, that doesn't mean I can just go out and, you know, I can't maybe do some of the things that manifestors can do. You know, I don't have mostly because I'm not really ambitious, but, uh, and I've always been that way. The rules, you, people make up these rules. I just don't care about them. <laughs> I, I don't know how and else this, to say and this, and this, everyone, is why I love Kip and he's my mentor in human design. Because, I mean, <laughs> if we look at human design, and I know that, you know, you, you've been, how, how many years have you been experimenting with human design? I mean, you studied uh, Ra and... 20, 23. I yeah, started 20... in late 1999. I got certified as an analyst in early uh, 2000. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this is, I'm always fascinated. You and I have had this conversation about evolution before because I'm fascinated with this, you know, with the system itself and the evolution of the system because it's, you know, it's a theoretical system. There's so much theory that you can learn about human design. But for me, it's all about the experiment. It's about like, okay, well, you know, who cares if this is what it tells you you are, but actually like if you're experimenting with your life, what's it like to, experiment with not being that which is what we probably all naturally do anyway because that's conditioning Mm -hmm. and programming we're told who we are and so we you know spend our lives experimenting with seeing if that works out for us or not or not and surprise surprise quite often it doesn't and then human design comes along and says well you could experiment with being something different Mm -hmm. this system tells you you know, these types of things and you can experiment with some of that and see if that works for you and you know I was saying when I had my, you know, Saturn return, dark night of the soul, call it what you will, but my big, you know, crunchy moment in life, my experiment just became like, well, if I'm a generator, what does that mean? And I did that experiment for like four years and you know what, it worked for me. So I kept experimenting with it. But in that, I also find that there is a way that the system can restrict you because it can become another set Mm -hmm. of rules. And so what you say about, well, I'm here to manifest myself and we look at your amazing throat center and your channels and connected to that, you know, G center there. This is, you know, this, this to me feels like an evolution of the system, which it's really about not just learning the theory, but actually feeling into like what's true for you in terms of like, what does this information mean for you and how does it feel mm-hmm. to, to to live that out right and that's what i'm all about is like how does it feel to live some of this out um and that doesn't mean that you know it feels great is is true and it feels terrible is not true because sometimes some of this stuff is you know uncomfortable to start to embody but for you in terms of like where you've seen human design originate from and how you see it out in the world today where it's trending Talk to me a little bit about living this system, because that's really what, you know, you've had 20 odd years of experience in that. So talk to me about what it's mm-hmm. like. Well, you know, I mean, I started off like everybody. I didn't know anything about it, but I, I, I did have a big advantage because of my age and, and because of the fact that since age 18, I had been involved in uh, many different disciplines that I lived through, you know, Sufism and Buddhism and Zen and all kinds of stuff. Uh, psychology, I majored in psychology. I was part of the New Age movement and uh, I was around, you know, all kinds of powerful people, powerful personalities and in the human experience, uh, you know, the human-centered experience. I wasn't uh, around people that were on the career path or anything like that. It was always these kind of cutting. I mean, I was around Alan Watts. I you know, went to parties with him. And it was just uh, a lot of the the stuff that seems new to people in human design, I was part of when it was coming into play. You know, it was just starting out. And uh, you get a perspective then, and you see that nothing starts without there having been something before. It just doesn't work like that. And um, uh, Ron and I were fairly close in age. I'm four years older than he would have been if he were alive, but that's not much. And back in the day, the days of the hippies, and he was a hippie, and he was into doing LSD. I think we all know that, or I mean, we said it. Uh, and we back then, if you were a hippie, there weren't that many books worth reading. 
but there were a few. So we all read the same books. You know, we, we all read the Carlos Castaneda books. And that's where, you know, I think that Ra's whole thing about the importance of the body really came from that. It's a source. And I can see where you can say it came from a voice because you get stoned. I mean, I got stoned a lot and I know what that's like, where you've got all this stuff happening inside your head and it's like, you know, different voices and you're doing all this stuff. And yeah, okay, you can say it came from Jupiter, <laughs> the Akashic Records, whatever, it doesn't matter, at least not to me. I, I was so impressed with what he put out because I was familiar with every single I mean, I, I knew about the Kabbalah. I was an expert in the I Ching. I was yeah, so-so about astrology. I studied it for a few years. And I knew about uh, DNA and neutrinos, but I never once occurred to me to put it all together in a system. I thought that was a stroke of genius. The guy was a genius. He did that in 1987. The books, the Carlos Castaneda books were published in 68. I'm sure he read them. I, I would bet. I would bet a lot of money on. I really would, just because of who he was. How could he not? Uh, I know about where he was living, Ibiza. I lived in a nearby island, Mallorca, for uh, a period of time, right off the Spanish coast in Balearic Islands. And uh, I know it was a, a party island. And I don't know if you know that over here, a rave is a big, giant party. Yeah. And when he did the rave, he talked about the human rave. He's talking about the human party. The raves were going on in Ibiza when he was there. He was going to them. And a lot of people from all over the world were stopping there on their way to India. Uh, quite a few of them wanted to study with Osho. He wasn't called Osho back then. I forget what his name was, but it was, it was different. He changed it and became Osho. And um, Ra's hanging out in the cafe scene in Ibiza, which is a small island. And a lot of people, you know, when the, they have the summer vacations and school vacations, a lot of young people would go to Ibiza and dance and drink and have a grand old time. So all these people started coming through on their way to India. Well, you know, back then, if you wanted to go to India and drop out for some amount of time, you had to have money. You couldn't do that as, as somebody who worked at a gas station, for example. It wasn't for poor people. Because everybody was given Osho, you know, Rolls Royces and <laughs> everything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, so Rob would talk to these people on their way to the ashram, and then he'd see them again on their way back. And I think he got a picture in his mind of what Osho was doing and, and how much he was, money he was making doing it. And, and, and he had this whole tribe of devoted people. And I think Rob went for it. He said, I could do that. <laughs> you know? And he did do that, too exactly what he did and uh if you don't understand any of that that i know so many people that think if ross said it it's the word of god it came from a voice <laughs> I, I, no. I, 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 and I, lo I love this part of it is like we talk about this a lot in our, in our community is like ra was a man who's a yes. very 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 clever man um yeah. and he created a very usable very very marketable yeah. product and that does not also undermine the fact that it's a very valuable thing to to yeah. have and play around with so we don't need yeah. to turn it into some mystical magical thing that's perfect no. to for, no. to find value in it and isn't that just such a representative of life in the world where something has to be infallible and perfect and can't have flaws and must be, you know, the best thing ever. It's got to be able to beat everything else. And we talked a little bit about 
you know, I'm really familiar with this mm-hmm. conditioning, like being the best, you've got to be the best or you're not worth anything. Um, instead of like seeing the imperfect perfection of this thing alongside of all the other things. And I love how you've described it as an evolution of, you know, Ra's evolution of a whole bunch of stuff that a whole group Mm -hmm. of you were playing around with, you know, and he was the genius that managed to join the dots and put it all together into this form. And it has flaws and it's not perfect. And, you know, other people find different things valuable. It's not the, you know, the one size fits all solution to no, anything, no, no, no. you know. No. What it, what it is I, for me is a really fun game. That's how I uh-huh. approach human design. It's a really fun <laughs> game. And you said something, you know, when you said about, you know, you're here to manifest yourself, you really understand this concept of manifestation, thanks to that beautiful defined throat that you have with all of that you know, activation there, you know, I really understand this projector nature of bitterness, because so much of my energy is projected and not connected to my sacral, you know, I have this one Uh sacral channel that, you know, is so integral to my being, but I have all this projected energy that, um, you know, I really understand that, like bitterness of offering some sight and people being like, I don't want it. And then feeling that whole, like, I was just trying to help. And then realizing there was no, no invitation at all. Like, I'm just, you know, inserting myself into places that I'm not welcome. And really like, okay, well, what happens if I, you know, wait and find the places that want my sight? And how does, how does that feel? And then that's when I can really clunk into gear. Yet I'm not a projector, right? And and this is where the system is not, you know, it's not perfect in its form because you start to break those kinds of rules in human design and people get, people get very cranky about it, right? Like, you know, (laughs) projectors are projectors domain, right? And, 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 you know, if you're a sacral, then you're, you know, that's what you're, what you're there for. So I love this kind of like, uh, reality check on what the system actually is. Yeah. And where, and where one of the, one of the things that people you know, if I do a reading for you, I talk about things sequentially. You have this, and you have this, and you have that. And you kind of walk away with this feeling of all these parts. And this one does this, and then maybe over here, this one does that later. And then and it's not like that at all. Everything in your chart is happening at the same time, all at once. Yeah. And uh, if, you, if you see it that way, then you realize that you can't stay there because when you put uh, just 100, uh, 384, just that number of lines, plus all thousands of components, yeah, components together, it, and they're all changing. They're all moving. They're not. They're not static. You know, they're being influenced by the context of the situation they're in. They're being influenced by the memories that you have in response to that context, and it's all a very big fluid thing. And trying to put you into a box saying, this is what you have to do. Boy, I went along with it for years. I said, I'm a projector and I have to wait. And, oh, I remember when I didn't wait and it didn't work out very well. But then, you know what? I waited a few times and damn, I got some heavy duty problems from waiting. (laughs) I got heavy duty problems from being convinced I had an invitation. I lost a lot of money (laughs) responding to an invitation because it sounded good to me because it meant I was going to make a lot of money. 
And I forgot that I don't really care that much about money. Yeah. <laughs> and I really don't care about doing weird work for money. So my pet peeve with, with, with this, it really centers around the fact that people keep saying that fellow projector projectors have to soundboard. Hmm. They have to, before they make a decision, they have to go around and tell people what decision is that they're going to make. See, see how it sounds in their ears when they say it to somebody else. I'm going, my God, why would you want to disempower somebody by telling them that? That's horrible. That's true. I mean, Rod didn't say that in the beginning. He changed. He said a lot of stuff. In fact, there was no such thing as projectors or reflectors or anything like that when human design came out. Two types, one to do, one one to wait. That was it. Ten years, no. Ten years later, yeah, ten years later, he showed up over here and he had the profiles and the authorities and the types. What happened in that 10-year hiatus? Do we think the voice was talking to him? Or <laughs> was his marketing background kicking into gear? <laughs> yeah, right. right. But it's just, Rob doesn't know what it's like to be a projector. He could never possibly know. He doesn't have the capacity. He's always a manifester. You're always a generator. You'll never know what it's like to be a projector. Mm-hmm. And for all these projectors... They're saying they don't know what it's like to be self-projected. It's different. Yeah. It's not the same thing. It's not the same dynamic. The, I mean, the, the type and the authority are the same thing. It's in the same place, right next to the monopole. Yeah. Know? How closer can you get to your true self than in the self-center? I have seven. Can you do a chart? There's 26 gates. I mean, 26 uh, planets, right? 13, 13. So, yeah, you get 26 activated. I have seven in my throat. Yeah. And I have five in my self center. That's almost half the yeah. possible gates are in two centers. I, and uh, you no, know, people don't have this. Isn't that a common design? <laughs> it's really not. No. And it irritates me to, 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 to hear them and they say it so confidently, like they know. They don't know. Yeah. They don't know. Now, Ross said it at some point years after. I saw it someplace in a book that he wrote in the mid-2000s, I think it was, early 2000s, yeah, mid, more like 2008, something like that, where he said that nonsense. And I just know it's because he was talking to people who were projectors, and he was always getting feedback, and some of them were saying, well, this is what I do. <laughs> if you'd asked me, I never would, those words would never have come out of my mouth. I don't check with people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. Why? Because... I know what to do. I've got gate 10. That's the gate of knowing what the correct behavior is at any given time in the now, right now. I know what the correct behavior is for me right now. For you. Yeah. And I think, I think this is, this is the thing that I, this is the thing that I want to, um, kind of put to you because you've seen this, you know, you've seen the way that the the systems Mm -hmm. changed through the years. And now we're here and it's trending and everybody is looking at it. And my my personal opinion about human design is that the trend is a reflection of the biggest flaw that the system has, and that is that it was made marketable, right? So now it's become about making money. And so there are a lot of people out there that are like, come to human, come and get a human design reading or come to human design and let me teach you. And I can tell you all these answers. And for me, human design, because it's innately an experiment, like anything, like, you know, you were mentioning taking LSD before. It's like, it's like going to a plant medicine ceremony, taking LSD, you know, 
practicing Buddhism for a while, whatever it might be, it's an experiment to see if like what happens to you inside of that experience, right? And human design mm-hmm, is no mm-hmm. different. And so for me, this evolution of where human design is at in terms of like now it's like people people hold this, you know, modality and they have the answers that they can give to other people. For me, I see that as being like the way for human design to come to an end, right? The evolution is over, um, you know, because I can't see, you know, we're we're entering a, a time where people are wanting to be the, the the holders of their own answers. And you're somebody who mm-hmm. innately, naturally does that. You're like, I. It, it's about me. It's really about me and and manifesting myself through through my own, you know, my. You know, I, ha- mm-hmm. I have the power to do that. And for me, mm-hmm. human design feels like this beautiful conversation that you can have to somebody to activate questions inside of themselves. Like I actually mm-hmm. feel like when I'm working with somebody with their human design, I'm never giving them answers. I'm actually opening, activating, starting the process of questioning things. And in that human design is very mental because we don't know what we don't know. And half of what we believe to be true is probably false, you know? And so mm-hmm. uh, this activating a questioning mind is really what I see the the evolution and the purpose of human design to be in this time where, you know, things are rapidly changing and people are really afraid and they don't know how to keep up. And it's like, well, as long as you're curious, you'll find your way, you know? And that, and that to me feels like really where the value of human design can land for people right now is to is to reactivate this capacity to question everything you know question mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. don't believe you and i in our conversation today like let it be an opening into like oh i've never looked through that lens i wonder what would happen if i did um mm-hmm. And how does that make me feel? And, you know, I'm a big lover of if it makes you feel really uncomfortable, that's even better, you know, like get uncomfortable, get, uh, you know, get out of your comfort zone with these questions. Um, what would, what sort of thing would you tell people, uh, you know, what would you like to tell people who are, who are, who have been in human design for a while? Cause this is, I feel like a lot of when people talk about human design, they're talking to people who are new, which is this mm-hmm. subtle, like, marketing piece of like come in come in um but what about people who've been experimenting with human design for a long time or 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 even a couple of years what what do you what would you like to tell them about the system well at a couple years you just don't have enough experience to really know very much about it i mean you think you do i get that you know in your mind you do you read some books you read maybe a lot of books you don't learn how to you know ride a bicycle by reading a book you can't become a good motorcycle racer by reading a book. You know, you can't become a trapeze artist by reading a book. You have to practice, 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 practice. You have to do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And uh, you have to make little adjustments and, you know, open yourself up and you have to be willing to fail. And uh, so many people that are, you know, only in it for a few years, they think that they know so much, but they, but they truly, and I'm not putting them down because I was the same way. You always are. This is how you enter into a, a long-term engagement. You know, you, you you get some information. You go, oh, I get it. And then you want to tell everybody. Mm-hmm. And and really, you want to tell everybody. It was a psychologist that turned me on to this. When you get involved with something, the first tendency is to proselytize. You want to go out and get other people to join your trip. 
Because the more people that will do or believe what you tell them to do or believe, the safer and more secure you feel in yourself doing or believing. Uh, and it's it's a natural it's a natural thing. It's part of being human. But you know, just recognize if you want to, and you don't have to. And that's the beauty of human design. That's the best part about it. You don't actually have to do anything. It's going to do you. <laughs> it's going to do you. That's right. It really, it truly is because it's who you are. You can't, you can't really get away from it. You can put up all kinds of roadblocks, some people more than others, but, but by and large, man, if, if you've got a defined spleen, you're gonna, you're gonna experience that. If you've got the default motion defined, you're gonna experience it. And uh, you know, sometimes you're gonna listen. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're gonna think when you shouldn't. Sometimes you're not gonna think when you should. Try getting along in this society without a brain and see how far you get. I mean, you know, stupid people don't do well. They just don't. Uh, you, you, it takes a fair amount of intelligence to survive and thrive in, in a, a complex society like the one in which we live. So I think people take it a bit too seriously. Mm -hmm. and, and that's that's just the way it is at the beginning. After you're in it five, six, seven years, you have a better understanding of who you are in your process because you've been practicing, you know, you've been practicing uh, self-awareness, self-consciousness, you know, looking at yourself, thinking about what you did, uh, using, you know, the full scope of who you are as a person to understand yourself better, but it's still, it's still so early in the game. Uh, you know, they, they talk about conditioning in human design. Seven years is what they say. And I I just, my jaw drops when I hear things like that because it takes seven years and seven years, every cell in your body replaces itself. Well, that's just not true. Some cells do, some do it faster, some do it slower, some never do. So, you know, but when you put it out there like that, because Ross said it, that must be true. And you go into this, this process and uh, at the end of seven years, man, you think you've really done it. And I'm gonna tell you, you haven't even come close. <laughs> I've been doing this for, I've been doing this for 23 years and I have a great background in psychology and I actually know the science behind deconditioning. I know exactly how it works. And I'm still weak, <laughs> at least once a week. Oh, look at this, damn. I never noticed that about myself before, wow. Oh, I'm not, and, I can let go of it or I can sit with it. I can do whatever I want. I have all these choices now. And this is what you're striving to, to get to, I think, is this place where you can make decisions and choices for yourself with confidence. And, and, and I, hey, this is a piece of conditioning. Screw it. I like it. I'm staying with it. Yeah. People tell me, oh, don't sleep with your partner. Screw you. She's my soulmate. I love her. <laughs> I love her. I love her. I see. See, the, <laughs> these are the, the these types of prescriptions that people give, like we should yeah. all sleep apart. And yeah. I think about, I think about, you know, and I think this is by and large, this is like this wellness kind of boom that we've experienced is that people are believing that there is like hard and fast solutions to stuff that is actually very very complex and so mm -hmm. if you have somebody who is i mean and, and i know this in myself you know i have a uh a, a, you know a, a patterning around 
um, being hyper independent and closing myself off to people and being uh and and it's all it's all a response to this fear that i'll be rejected and abandoned and actually physical touch and letting people hold me and being in you know deep loving connection with people is deeply uncomfortable for me but also great medicine and for my my partner and i to create that kind of distance in our relationship where we slept apart for example because human design tells us that will be good for us to cleanse our auras or however somebody is communicating that <laughs> would actually just re reactivate that hyper independent i'll keep everybody at a distance from me and actually us cuddling in bed each night is like that uncomfortable spot where i have to be like oh i'm going to be even softer and more vulnerable and intimate with you here right and so yeah. and and my point being is that and I think it comes back to what you're saying is like nothing in the in the human design system operates in isolation. It's all interconnected. There is so many nuances and variations and differences and in the human design system, but also in the person like the person is not a, a you know, a map on a piece of paper. A person is a person mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. all of this incredible experience that is their life and their being. And so they're their how they use this information how they want to play with it is going to be completely unique to them and you know i have i've yeah. talked to people about their human design system and they're like well that's not going to happen and i'm like cool great awesome yeah right, all right. you know like <laughs> i'm excited for you and you know and yeah. we give we give this game to our people in our community where we're like you know we call it the not self game where you go all in rather than resisting something or feeling guilty or bad because you have this way of behaving that's not right according to your human design we're like just go for it have a great time with it do it you know emotionals that don't want to that want to make decisions in their emotional highs or their emotional lows or you know sacrals who want to be really mental and and materialistic and and whatever we're like go for it do it it's kind of like tell it's mm -hmm. like the story you were telling about smoking the other um, before we started <laughs> recording and you're like they should have just let me smoke you know and yeah, yeah what did like, you do? <laughs> yeah you get to choose this life like go for it yeah, yeah. right yeah. absolutely yeah, there's a freedom that comes with human design. And I, I think we should all take a, you know, avail ourselves of that freedom. And if it's not right for us, we'll figure it out. And if we don't figure it out, we'll pay the consequence. And maybe then we'll figure it out. Maybe we never figure it out. doesn't matter. Yeah. It, you know, it, 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 like I tell people, I had this, I've told this story before, but it's such a good one. One of my early students um, was on Facebook and somebody had started a projector group on Facebook and she was going to and she kind of got to know the guy that started it. And she, she would talk with him on the side outside of Facebook and she told him one day, oh, I'm so excited. I've invited a few friends over for lunch next week. And he got mad at her and said, you can't do that. You can't invite people. And the poor dear, she was so upset. She called me and she, you know, my, I rarely get calls from students. And, you know, we talk during our yeah. scheduled time. She was very upset. And, she told me what happened. She said, I just, what should I do? I said, well, I don't know what you should do, but here's what I would do. I'd get a new friend. <laughs> I was going to say, I think you and I would be the same. We're like, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, right. and, and so for listeners, this is, this, I think this is, it, it seems like we're just like laughing and having, you know, being a little bit irreverent and having some fun here, but it's actually like a really, really valuable piece of, of wisdom is 
in if you are a human design you know geek nerd junkie you're in the rabbit hole whatever else just take mm-hmm. a moment stop and think fuck where have i given away my power where have i let somebody else mm-hmm. dictate what this means for me because there is a lot of that in the community and i get unapologetically quite fiery about it i think that's because my whole being is you know you know thank you cross of upheaval is like you get to be you and nobody gets to say whether there is a better version of you or a worse version of you you are you and that is inherently who you are right and so embrace it and stop stop you know stop letting people tell you that it needs to be something different and um and you know and so where where have where has human design suddenly become disempowering because it it happens frequently regularly in the community Mm -hmm. in this space as you go into the experiment and i'm sure it's probably a natural part of the experimentation process as well is to like Mm -hmm. have that experience of like oh shit this system's actually you know not supporting me it's actually hindering me and maybe i should throw it away for a while and just live my life and forget about it and let some stuff you know you know be you know where, what it is and not worry about it so much we, we're so focused on fixing ourselves rather than expressing ourselves as we are uh, most of my good friends in life i found were uh quite a bit different than i you know, I, I brought the whole mental game to the relationship and they brought the physical. And I loved it. I mean, I, these guys I'd hang out with, they were, uh, they had the solar, uh, excuse me, the sacral and they had the root and they had the spleen and they'd get me to do the most outrageous things because I felt, I, I mean, cool, let's do it. <laughs> I didn't know any better, I would just go for it. Only when I felt genuinely my life was threatened. One guy wanted me to swim underwater and in the ocean through this long tunnel. And I said, but no, Hawk, I'm not doing that because if I screw up, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> You're not asking me to swim 10 feet. You know, that's a long tunnel there. I don't know if I can make it, so I'm not going to. But, you know, by and large, I would do things with them. I just love my open and undefined centers. It's such a, I get to experience so many different ways of being. Can you say that again? You said I, you love fun. your open and undefined centers. You love your open and I undefined do. centers. Yeah, I, I, there, yes. I know that there are a lot of listeners. I know there are a lot of people in my community. I, I, I have this magical ability to attract people with two or less defined centers, and and there is this way that the experience of that for people, you know, when they learn that, they're terrified. So I really want them to receive that. You love you love your open and undefined mm. centers. You have six of them, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm insanely jealous of open and undefined centers. I only have two. Like, <laughs> I just have to go along and be me and be like, damn it, like, who, what's it like That's to right. be you? Tell me. I, this is why I'm such a gatherer of stories from other people because I'm like, I will never get to have that experience. I'm me and I just have to toodle along as me and get, you know, have that experience. But, like, what is it like to be... You know, uh, why do you love it? Tell me more about why you love it's it. It's just so exciting. You never know. You just don't know. Yeah, I'm always getting surprised. I'll, you know, well, not so much now because I don't, I don't spend as much time with people. But, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, I spend a lot of time with people and different kinds of people. And uh, I spent a lot of time with hippies. But you never knew what you were getting. I mean, who knows? You just don't know. Some hippies, you know, turned out to be total drug addicts. Well, that was a bummer. I got away from them. But 
everybody that, that, that comes into my life brings themselves. Some of them want to talk about it. Some of them don't. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I'll talk about myself and you just shut up and listen. That's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to go You want to go surfing? Well, I'm not very good at surfing, but shoot, I'll give it a try. You want to go swimming along the volcanic coastline of the big island and looking for these weird little uh, shellfish that you have to pop off the rock with a crowbar? Yeah, sure, I'll go for that. Uh, I go out into nature with an undefined spleen and I, I, I had an encounter with a rattlesnake who followed me around for a while and taught me his song and his dance when I was stoned in acid. I've had times when I big giant windstorms that come up and I climb up into the top of, you know, 80 foot tall Ponderosa Pines and they're just whipping like mad up there. I'm not even stoned and I'm just up there like I'm riding a bucking bronco. I don't, I'm not afraid of it. It's just like, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Oh, here comes some emotional person. God, what are they going to do? What kind of trip am I going to go on today? Damn. Hey, you want to fight? You want friction? I'm down with that. The harder one for me was uh, love and tenderness because I didn't grow up with it. But over time, I've gotten, I've gotten better at that. You know, uh, I couldn't feel things physically. I had to protect my body for a long time. But this is a really trippy story. I, uh, I think I got my first professional massage when I was 20, 22. I hurt my back very badly and I didn't know what to do about it. And I saw this lady who was a Swedish. She was actually from Sweden. She had her daughter and they were Swedish masseuses. And uh, they worked on me and I couldn't even push in the clutch on my car. Uh, and I had to drive, but you know, it was, it was interesting. And she sent me to a chiropractor. I'd never heard of a chiropractor. So my adventure with that part of life started when I was pretty young. I'd been rolfed by Ida Rolf, the, the lady who invented rolfing, you know, the structural integration, working on the connective tissue. I've had, I haven't seen a masseuse here where I live now since uh, the same lady for, since, oh, for 17 years, I guess. I go uh, once a month. I see a chiropractor once a week, uh, and I've I've always I've always needed that. I mean, it's been a, a real need. Well, when Raw first came out with uh, the cognition and that stuff, you know, I just didn't pay any attention. I didn't care at all because I'd already given him a shit pot full of money. I'm telling you, I gave him a lot of money, and I said, "Okay, now, I mean, you can do this. You're going to be doing this for the rest of your life, aren't you? Yeah. Well, now buy this from me. I said, oh, no, no, no. The rest is just interesting. Yeah. That's all. And Rob admitted that too. He says, most of what I say is just interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, then I, you know, I, I did get interested in, in, in the variables a little bit and looking at cognition. My cognition was uh, touch. Well, what the fuck does that mean, touch? I don't go around touching things. Touch. I would have figured it was taste, maybe, because I have a pretty good sense of taste. And it took me a year before the shoe dropped. And I went, oh, for Christ's sakes, you've been, you've been getting touched by other people your entire life. And you pay them to do it. You pay them so much. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, but what I got from it, unfolding that way is that so you don't have to do the variables you don't if you do them with your mind you're not going to get the same you're not going to get into the same place this is built into your body either it, you're letting it happen 
I needed massages. I knew it. I had to spend money for it. It was hard to come up with that money, but I knew I, I just did it. Yeah. You know, and it's it's true of all the other aspects where you live. It shouldn't be, oh, I read this, that I have to live by a shore. If you're not living by the shore, you're not ready to live by the shore. Go to the shore when you're ready to go to the shore. You don't have to do this whole trip. You don't have to satisfy any of that. Just, you know, but if you're, I don't know how that works for you because you're so structured. <laughs> you've got all your patterns. I mean, you've really, the trip that you, I don't know if you know this, but most of your conditioning, you've done to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's that's yeah. where the vast majority of it comes from. From you. Yeah. For you, it's stuff that you've you've done things to yourself, as have we all. But having the more centers you have to find, the more it works out that way. And it's harder, I think, maybe to uh, spot that. Yeah. I this think... is why time is so important. The amount of time. The time. The more time you have, that you sit with it and work with it, pay attention to it. Think about it. Remember it. You know, I go back to when I'm five years old and what I was doing and what was I getting in trouble for being a self-projected. Pretty soon you change yourself narrative. Yeah. And and, you, and you I, I think what you what you said about um, being defined and, and being my own conditioner, I think that is. You know, and my experience of it obviously comes through like what I, you know, this undefined ego center. So I'm it's always like. Um, you know, contorting my, you know, my, myself into another form to see if, if that fits better, you know? And I think the mm -hmm. one for me that there is a, there is a piece about readiness as well. Like when people are looking at their human design, sometimes they're like, oh, I don't understand this bit. And I, I like, I don't feel like a resonance with this bit. And my answer is always like, well, maybe you're not ready to, because particularly with definition, because when you're looking at definition there sometimes you've got to see some really hard things you know like i have the 3955 unconscious and you know that's my that's my emotional wave and you know it, mm -hmm. this you know it took me a long time to be ready to see that the reason that i you know used to have all this conflict in relationship with people was because i was the provoking one who actually wanted to make things uncomfortable you know, like <laughs> it was me, not them. Right? And I wasn't, and, and, you know, and that's unconscious. So I was doing it like not consciously choosing to do it. It was just an, an, an innate natural part of my being. And it wasn't mm -hmm. until I was ready to actually be like, oh, it's not you, it's me. I'm t just like Taylor <laughs> Swift. Uh, I'm the problem, it's me. And then, and then after, but it, I had to be in a, a spot in my life where I was ready to acknowledge that and play around with that until then, you know, that piece of my chart was never going to be open to me to explore in any way other than some, you know, heavily conditioned, you know, not true way anyway, like I could make it mean something that it wasn't really. It wasn't until I was ready to look at it. And I mm -hmm. think this thing about your child is happening to you all the time. And you just, it, you just really, I mean, this is where we talk about passenger conscious. You're just a, a consciousness. You're just observing it. And it's that. You can't even do that in real time. No, only in hindsight. It's impossible. Only in hindsight. Your mind is too slow. Yeah, yeah. It's too slow. Yeah. And so, so it's, yeah. it's like, what, well, what do you do if you don't have to do anything? what are you what are we here to do then and that can feel like really like so if we're not here to fix ourselves if we're not here to like control the 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 expression of our, our human design system through us in real time what are we here to do 
and this is the existential crisis of humans like why are we here like you know what is this whole thing about so i want to pose this to you because you have this cross of love and Mm -hmm. and the channel of the alpha and like there is a way and you're and you're you're a six in your third phase you know so there's Mm -hmm. so many pieces of you that are here to you know lead lead for us lead us kip what are we all here for (laughs) tell us well you know the the incarnation cross is really pretty interesting because again the, the profile, the type, and the incarnation cross, these are very large neural pathways that are wired throughout your brain. They're, they're getting into everybody else's business all the time. They're always there. Whatever's going on, that's there too. And uh, you don't have to know your cross. You, don't, you literally don't have to know it. And by that, I mean that you're going to do it. And you know, whether you take joy from it or not, that's something altogether different. The father of existentialism, um, this guy named Kierkegaard, Soren Kierkegaard, I think he was Danish uh, back in the 1800s. He he wrote about being and uh, becoming. And existential refers to what you're becoming. Being refers to what you are. You are a human. You're not becoming a human. You are a human. But how are you a human? That's what the existential life is about. And he also said that the only meaning that life has is the meaning that you give it. Okay. Oh, wow. I mean, I came up, uh, I was lucky I heard those words when I was like 29 or 30. And I went, whoa, yeah, I think that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. You know, if you want meaning in life, then figure out what satisfies you, that gives you a sense of completion. And that's that's the meaning that you're giving to life, whatever that happens to be. And it's going to be more than one thing. Yeah. My wife's important to me. I mean, really important to me. I, that's a lot of meaning there. Uh, the spiritual, not even the spiritual, the journey of self-actualization. That's a big deal to me. Mm. Principle, that's a big deal to me. These are things that are, you know, because I've made them so. Uh, I had the proclivity to do that. It's in my design. But nonetheless, I consented to that. I went along with it. I, you know, I never really questioned it at all. I just, some people get raised weird and they question all of this. Everything, you know. I When I got told by Shaitan that I had the cross of the vessel of love, <laughs> what? No way. I don't even very much like people when you get right down to it. Not really. I mean, they're pretty damn weird. They're pretty <laughs> irritating and annoying, some of them. So no, I it can't be. It's not. And um, after that reading, for the next five years, I wrote about human design. And I wrote about it extensively. I wrote about every part of it. I wrote, you know, all the lines, all the gates, all of my own take on it, the whole thing. I was going to publish a book long before either uh, Chaitan or Rod did. And then it hit me one day, you know what? I've written all this stuff. Now, back then you had to pay $150, $200 to get a reading from somebody who was licensed. That was a lot of money in, you know, turn of the century. It was a lot of money. People that worked in gas stations or, you know, all the the poorer people. I mean, it's fine for doctors and lawyers who didn't want it. (laughs) You know, I thought, I can can make a, a reading. Pretty quickly now, I can do that. 
uh, and I can send it to them and I can charge them, you know, $75. And that's going to be a real big help to these people. And I did that. And I did that. I think I came out with that maybe in 2004, 2005, something like that. I've been doing those readings that long. And it wasn't until three years ago that I realized, oh my God, that was my cross of love. That's why I did that. I do love people in this kind of generic amorphous form, not the specific individual. Yeah. But I love this larger group of people. I want to see everybody have the same kind of freedom that I have, to have the same kind of uh, sense of completion, you know, and I want to make it accessible for them. I think now I only charge, uh, well, I charge 70 bucks now, but then half the year I put it on sale. Well, three months out of the year for $50. Any, Christ, you can't even go out and get a fast meal for two people for $50 yeah. anymore. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to do it. It makes me feel good. So when I say that it's doing itself and you give it meaning, I I gave it meaning in my way. You know, I had this this thing inside me and and here's what had meaning for me to do with it. Not writing a book and making a bunch of money. That didn't have, it didn't have, still my publisher book. I don't know. People keep asking me to. Yeah, please do. (laughs) Yeah. it's just hard to do something like that if you, I was motivated to help people. Yeah. I mean, if you look at my chart, everything about it, I'm here to be a guide for everybody. The Chaitan said, you know, recognize this, Kip. You have the answer for many, many people. Really? Wow. Far out. I didn't know that. <laughs> and, and it resonated so deeply with me. I took it in. I gulped it down. I never thought about it again until recently. I just went and I did it. Yeah. That, that, I mean, yeah. all this stuff that happens, boom, 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 before you can puzzle it out. And as long as you're not caught up, and I am caught up by my mind in certain certain situations. I, I'm getting better at all of it, but I got angry so very easily for most of my life. That was, con- that was conditioned by my mother. Black Irish, man. I mean, you know, we were angry. <laughs> it turns out our ancestors were from Munster, Ireland, which was home to most of the outlaws and rebels and brigands <laughs> and footpads in the entire country because it was surrounded by marshes and peat bogs that the English army couldn't get through. And, uh, it, you know, so I come from a long line of disreputable characters. <laughs> it's a comic <laughs> burden. I have to make up for those guys. I don't know, but... You know, it's so, you just sort of accept. It's so easy to say, just surrender, just accept. Good God, that's hard to do. At least for me, it's been really, 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 really hard. I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm going to win this fight. Well, wait a second, kid. Maybe it's too I don't want to come down. Let me fuck alone. I'm mad. I'm, you know, look what they did to me. Kid, this thing going to clear your chest. I don't I, I, I think there's a, a yeah. And who's to say I shouldn't be angry? Yeah. How do we know? No. So I think to answer your question, very long roundabout way, just be who you are in the moment. Exactly. I think that's I think that's beautiful advice, and that's really what I'm receiving from what you said is that um, 
you know, like it, it sounds cliche, but you can't get it wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. And that, you if, we use, if we if we use anger as a you know as a thing, there's you know, anger for, for me is passion. Somebody cares if they're angry, mm-hmm. they care, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And and then the, this whole thing around like, sure, maybe you'll express something. You know, you might learn. So this is this is what I want to give the listeners at this point. So if there's something, because they're probably sitting here being like, well, I don't even need to know anything about human design. Why? Like, I love this thing, but you've just all told us that it doesn't really matter. But the thing about human design, the thing about the experiment that's really fun, I think is really fun, is that you can experiment with your human design. And then it's not until you kind of like, oh, I'm complete with with that experiment that after you have the aha moment, I find this so Mm -hmm. often in my own experiment. It's like, I experiment with being, you know, for the first time, first four years, just experimented with being an an emotional generator and what that meant. And then when I was like, yeah, I think I've got this sorted out and I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I know what this means right now. I realized that I had it all wrong. And that was actually like the clunk of like stopping with the control of, of taking control of this experiment and then surrendering up to the truth of it. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, now I can actually let it guide me and I understand what letting it guide me and then there was so many more pieces to that jigsaw puzzle that I didn't even know like you know this um you know the embodiment of the you know of of essential beings and that all came after that fact of me feeling like I'd lived the experiment of being a generator like it happened after those four years that it really clunked in and so Mm -hmm. that's with human design for people that are new to human design or in the human design experiment it's like it's almost like run the experiment until you feel complete with it and then the experiment will actually begin and that's really what i'm yeah and that's what i like that that's a nice way of putting that i like that a lot yeah and it's kind of like i mean i think things like our emotions are really great with that like you think you're angry about something and you be really angry and you express your anger and then you realize that it was you weren't actually angry after all but the anger was needed to get you there or what was actually true for you in in that anger wasn't what you thought was the story but there was something else you know like this is you know this is part of it our minds are very clever our minds are very clever at yeah well they can get us to the moon for god's sakes and thank god <laughs> they're, they're clever thank, thank god they're clever that's right that's right You're right you You're know right. They've, they've, they've made our lives so much more pleasant and so much easier i, I don't want to go back to you know 200 years ago let alone 2000 yeah. that was horrible <laughs> yeah exactly um so to to finish this conversation off kip tell me a little about um you know what what's your if 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 there is a way that we get to you know choose the meaning to life and we get to choose you know choose our uh, our expression and and what who we're being in the moment um if you could choose a future an evolution for human design what would it be where would you like to see oh, this go i have to put it this way because i have a great deal of faith in life I really, truly do. I have a lot of faith in life. Life does a lot of shit that looks to me like it's really pretty bad. You know, like the war in Ukraine, that looks horrible to me. But, hey, you know, life's a lot bigger than I am. And it's it's been very successful for millions of years. <laughs> you can't even see. It's not even, it's nothing. So 
But I would like to see, by and large, I would like to see the people that are interested in human design, I'd like to see them all get to the point where they can start internalizing it better. So instead of hearing somebody else's voice, start hearing their own voice. Uh, and so you see, when somebody gives you a bunch of facts, you've got that voice. A lot of the teaching that I do, I do with stories because it, you can't do that with stories. There, I don't necessarily have a lot of facts in there, but I'm creating, it's a memory thing. If you want to be able to memorize, uh, let's say somebody writes a list of 20 words, nouns, you say they have to be nouns to make it easy. If you quickly construct in your mind, like I've got all these places around my uh, front door, to, all through my living room, 20 little places that I can visualize very quickly. And if I memorize a list, I just go down it. I picture a little story, say like there's a kangaroo on it. And I, I picture a pink kangaroo that's uh, lying on its back giggling. And I put it in station number one. And I do that with the whole list. And then if I have to repeat the list back, I can do that. Because that's, there's a stickiness to stories, to memories of that kind where there's action happening and there's feelings that are expressed. And, you know, that there's pictures and sounds and smells that you pick up by hearing the words so that there's a, it's an experience. And it makes it easier for people to remember the underlying theme of what was being said. Uh, and, and it makes it personal to them because now what they're going to do is they're going to integrate it into their self-narrative, but they're going to do it in their way. Because they're going to come up with their own story about something similar, is what I hope, because now they're on the track of going, oh, I get it. I, I need stories about myself. I got to make my own stories. And once you start to do that, your self-narrative changes. You right? You know, I mean, people got to change that self-narrative to become who they want to be instead yeah. of what all these other shitty people did to them. Yeah. You know, don't be the victim. <laughs> Just quit doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I did it for so long. Enough <laughs> yeah. well, already. So that's what I would like to see happen. Yeah, that's great. That that's that's really that resonates with me a lot. I have, as you know, I've got. Uh, I love my shamanic path, and that really speaks to the way that, you know, in indigenous, mm -hmm. uh, you know, traditional learning spaces, the learning's done through story, and so bringing story into human design feels very up up my alley and how I, I think I relate to my own chart, actually, when you, when you point it out, like I'm having a little bit of a, oh, actually, I think that's how I relate to my own chart when I look at it and reflect on it. Mm -hmm. that's Good. It yeah. So that's really uh, cool. I remember this, it's supposed to be fun. It is supposed to be fun. That's absolutely, I'll second that. It is supposed to be fun. It is really, not, 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 not that it's not going to be challenging. <laughs> right. provoke. Well, who doesn't like a good challenge? I'm like still still cursing my 5539 sometimes and I'm like why did I why did I say that <laughs> <laughs> but look I tell people this projector channel screw that if you have this thing and it's connected to your throat it's because you're supposed to say whatever that is now whether somebody accepts it none of your business whether it benefits them none of your business you're just here to say it and people around 
we'll hear it or they won't. Some people will, some people won't. For everything that's said, there's a listener, there's a hearer. And, you know, we all have that obligation, is my belief, that whatever we are, we're designed to be that because it's going to benefit the species at large, not the whole species, but bits and pieces of it who in their turn are going to benefit other bits and pieces. And this is how evolution takes place. You can't just lop a behavior off. You've got to replace it with something better, yeah. something that's more efficient. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to decide what that is too. That's the, yes. that's the yeah. thing. I think well, in, in, who else in, could decide it for you? Exactly. In the, in the, and I think, I mean, to bring this to bring this to a close, I think there is a way here that you know I have my own opinions and judgments about human design and how it's presented in the world. But at the end of the day, they're my opinions and judgments. And so for everybody, mm -hmm. you know, you get to choose, uh, you know, what sort of relationship you create with this system. I I heard somebody say the other day, if you, I, I think it might have actually been on on one of your your stories, Kip. You shared something about you know with with the you know the source material and analysts, you know, six people should be able to do a reading and they say exactly the same thing. And that was Very a part close. of me. Yeah. And there was a part of me in that went, well, I fucking hope not because, but that's part of my nature is I like to collect contradictory things to find out what sticks for me. Like I like to be challenged and to, to be stretched and to play around with, so I can decide for myself what's what, you know, and feel for myself what I want to, you know, take in and, and keep and what I want to discard. Right. But that's the way that I relate to the system. That's my opinion and belief is like more diversity, the better, because then we get to actually, you know, stretch its potential. But for some people, there is a way that, you know, there is a purity to the system that's really important. And they, and that's what they, you know, if you like, mm -hmm. that's what they serve is the purity of the system. And that's not, not, you know, that's a different approach. That's a different mm -hmm. relationship. And so for listeners, mm -hmm. you know, find, find what feels true in your relationship. Uh, but please, 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 please make sure you have fun with it. Because life, life is serious <laughs> enough and, you know, human design can get to be one of the fun things. The point of what I wrote is that what Ra was saying is that you're not here to interpret a chart. That's not your job. Your job is to describe to the person the chart. Here's how that energy functions. Yeah. What you do with it, your choice. Yeah. You want to be diverse with it? Go for it. Yeah. But so many people interpret. And, and they, you cheat somebody when you interpret for them what the words mean. It's up to, it's, that's the work that's here to be done. You're here to be you in your way, not here to be you in my way. Right. So I don't tell you what to do. I mean, that's that. <laughs> I went back and I changed a lot of stuff I'd written because I was using the word you should or you have to. And I went, no, no, I know better than that. But in the beginning, you you, you think in those terms. Yeah. It should be this. You have to be this. And it's no, no. Well, and I think that's just the nature of readiness, right? Is sometimes we need more structure and we may need more mm -hmm. uh, stability to something because we're too scared to make it mm -hmm. any less stable or any less structured. And then over time we get more comfortable and we can make the playground a bit bigger. And, and in the end we can throw the playground away and let ourselves go right out into the far reaches of the galaxy and see what we find. And then eventually we might come back to that original structure and be like, nope, this was it all along, you know? Yeah. 
Inhale, exhale. Exactly, exactly. Thank you, Kip. This has been amazing. Oh, I really appreciate oh, your time. I, I, yes, I really enjoyed it. You really you drew quite a bit out of me. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm appreciative of the effort that you put in. Where can people find you, Kip? What's the best way for people to find you if they want to get in contact oh, with you? Probably Instagram, uh, Human Design System Pro. You know, Human that Design little System hashtag Pro. thing. Or, or you can look it up as Kip Wimsett. I do have a website. Uh, I think uh, it's also humandesignsystempro.com. There's really not a, about the only thing you're going to find on the uh, website, I think, is a more extensive list of my bio, you know, all the different systems that I've practiced over my life. And um, it's pretty, you know, I don't like to toot my own horn. It's not something I'm all that comfortable with yet. I'll, I'll <laughs> do that for be. you. Keep it, keep okay, it, there you go. Keep is uh, a wealth of wisdom, and, and and I really appreciate the fact that he's so generous with giving it out into the world. So I really recommend that you go and look him up on Instagram and, and fo- give him a follow and uh, get in contact with him if you want to access that wealth of wisdom and, and, in, and recognize the genius that he holds around this system and life in general. I, can, I, I, I personally can and will be talking to Kip on a regular basis. Uh, uh, I enjoy our conversations. They always, they're always very surprising in terms of what they activate and what they leave me thinking over. Last time it was monkeys and evolution, and that's still working my system well. Thank you, Kim. Oh, I'm glad. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. I can feel-